Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by A Sweat Life, where we talk to high achievers about their accomplishments. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, and with me I have Maggie Umberger and Cindy Kuzma. Today we're talking to Maggie, who interviewed... Haley Dance. <laughs> yeah, I sat down with Haley, and she is a Paralympic triathlete who went to Rio in 2016. So I got to sit down and talk to her about her 2016 and 2017 goals. What is she set out to accomplish. I mean, what a huge thing going to Rio. I mean, to get to talk to someone who in their year last year went to the Olympics. I mean, it's it was insane. And I had never even come across that kind of goal setting conversation before. I was honestly so excited to hear what she had to say, but I was super surprised because Getting to Rio for her was a six-year goal. She started competing in triathlon and really thinking about getting to Rio, hoping for that to, to happen, to actualize that goal for six years. And then she said once that became a reality, when she qualified, she all of a sudden wanted to have fun with it. And that became her goal, to become more into the everyday of what was that journey like to Rio and to make that something she could look back on and be proud of. And that was a whole learning moment in and of itself to hear about. So I was just kind of beside myself when I heard when I heard that as her her answer to what was her 2016 goal. But she ended up doing really well in Rio, right? Yes, she medaled. She got a silver. She took it home. To be Chicago-based and to get to talk to her about that journey is like an unbelievable experience. What do you think she took away from her time at Rio? I think that the journey for her was incredibly valuable and for her to be able to now think about goals in that uh, light going forward if you can if you can take the competition and the day-to-day comparison out of reaching your goals on an olympic level like that now in this in 2017 when she's more focused on just the regular competitions and the staying active and staying with it because she's still going to be training for four years from now, but now that it's not quite so high pressure, I think that's an incredible lesson to learn to keep with you for any goal that you go forward with. And here's Maggie with Haley Dance. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. When we started doing this goals series to begin with, we were just writing on a sweatlife.com. We were just talking to people that were interesting around the city from all walks of life and just kind of asking them what they were proud of that they accomplished in 2016 and then what their goals are for 2017. And when we thought about the stories that came out of that, it's worth sharing those stories more, even more so than just writing about them on online, but really getting to hear what everyone has been saying because it's incredibly inspiring. And so I know you are a, a incredible athlete. And so goal setting for you is probably at this like next level set of kind of coming coming from that perspective of setting goals and so I would love to hear from your perspective kind of like your outlook on goals from 2016 and how and and where you're at now looking back at them cool all right wow well I got a lot to say about that I think so I actually I think 2016 for me was the year that my whole perception on goals really did change and 2016 was a huge year for me it was a year I'd been looking forward to for a really long time it was the first year that triathlon which is the sport that I compete in was an event at the Paralympic Games I started doing triathlon 
about five years ago, six years ago, in 2011. And it was right around that time that it was announced that, you know, triathlon was going to be making its debut in Rio. And so... You know, I was I was very much involved in like the grassroots triathlon scene at that time. And even though I was very much a beginner, very much an underdog, I still said like I want to be in Rio. And so I made that a goal very, very early on. You know, over the next couple of years, became a much better racer. Started to work my way up the ITU scene, um, the International Triathlon Union. I ended up qualifying for the games in 2015. And so I, you know, I had reached this goal of of qualifying for the Paralympics. You know, I mean, it was a goal that was five years in the making, but uh, really, I mean, I my entire life, I, I dreamed of competing on that stage. So it was definitely a long time coming. You know, 2016 itself ended up being a really, really interesting year for me. Once I qualified for the games at the at the end of 2015, I was kind of at the at the top of my game, at the top of the sport, feeling really good. But as soon as I qualified, I something sort of changed, and I just felt you know th- this this goal of winning in Rio became all consuming for me. And I started going into every single workout with this, all this pressure um, that I had to execute it perfectly, you know, and I just, I started comparing myself a lot more to other athletes. And that, of course, led to self-doubt, you know, just always thinking that no matter what I was doing, someone else was doing better. So this goal that I had spent so much time thinking about, it had taken on so much importance that it really kind of started to take away some of the fun. And so I realized that I needed to sort of change the way that, that I approach things. I think the other thing that kind of came out of it was, you know, this goal, winning in Rio. You know, it's a something that is, you know, there, there are certain things that I can't control um, and there are certain things that I can't. But my self-worth became tied up in this one outcome goal. And, you know, I, I just felt like it was like, okay, well, if I win this race, then I'm a success. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. And that's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, you know, or it, it, it's, it's tough when your self-worth can be in in such a precarious place. You know, I started working with a new coach in in 2016. I started working with a sports psychologist that year as well. And they both really changed the way that I I looked at my goals. So I I was still very much goal-oriented. But instead of looking at things, you know, instead of setting goals uh, as being outcome-focused, you know, win this race, get this place, get this time, I started to make them more process-driven. Things became much less about the outcome and more just about the day-to-day. You know, it involved a lot of just finding joy in every single workout, surrounding myself by by good people who are going to help me enjoy the process. You know, it meant being less married to the watch and a little bit more uh, effort-driven, you know, so even if I wasn't hitting the numbers on a particularly hard day, you know, just really dialing into to my effort level and, and making sure that I was accomplishing the purpose of the workout by bringing the right effort. So that really changed everything for me, you know, because I sort of through that process, I, I started to develop this sense of self-trust. Um, when you trust the process, you start to trust that everything that you're doing is the right decision. So, you know, when I got to race day, this this day that, you know, I'd been dreaming of for so long, you know, I just, I, I trusted that I had done absolutely everything that I could have done to get to where I was. I felt so prepared, so calm. And, you know, I just trusted that as long as I was able to bring the best effort that I had on that day, then the results would speak for themselves. I mean, I guess to boil all of that, <laughs> that big story down, I think the one thing that I, I learned about goals this year is that when you focus on the process, the outcomes follow. I feel like that's an incredibly 
wise thing to to realize and coming from a very competitive place where I'm sure you're surrounded by athletes that are very focused on just that one time that one number hitting those goals that I'm that you also experienced you know trying to practice in that way too so did you have some mentors along the way to help guide your thinking in that way or how did you be able, how were you able to separate that competitive mindset and become a little bit more process oriented because that seems so difficult for anyone to do. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was really hard to do, and and I mean there were so many times I remember saying like you know it's really hard to buy into this whole process thing when you don't actually see it working, and it's it's one of those things that doesn't happen overnight. You know, it, it takes just a, a level of being able to trust in in the process. Yeah, I think that you know adopting that mindset like it does take a a lot of maturity, especially when you get into like a group environment, when you are with a bunch of, you know, other competitive people, you know, the the outcomes do become the primary focus. And so, you know, just learning how to sort of check your ego at the door and say like, all right, you know, we're doing this recovery run today and, you know, everyone else is going out at a really, really hard pace. But like, I know myself, I know my body, I know that that's not my recovery pace. And so I'm just going to you know, rein it in and and do this today and know that when it's time to bring it, I can. So yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done, sure. But I, I, I think for me, um, I did definitely have mentors along the way. My coach, Mark Sortino, you know, I mean, he completely changed the way that that I approached all of my training and just really encouraged me to to trust everything that I was doing. You know, our, our work together was was very much collaborative. You know, he always wanted to wanted me to provide provide feedback based uh, about how I was feeling so that we sort of could, you know, become much more process driven instead of always just focusing on the numbers. And then, yeah, my sports psychologist as well. She really showed me the value in, in sort of approaching things this way, just in terms of the long term longevity of the sport. I think that you can focus on numbers and outcomes for a little while and it can work for you. I mean, it did for me for a couple of years, but then I got to a point where, you know, I, I was starting to burn out and it was not as fun anymore and so you know this was always a big thing that she was a proponent of and so yeah again it it just was a matter of trusting that this was Mm -hmm. eventually going to work itself out and eventually it did (laughs) and I saw a cool thing that you did on Instagram that you posted the napkin of your 2016 goals (laughs) which is so interesting because when I saw that it was I mean your logic behind it of to, to celebrate your accomplishments and when you write things down it gives you that framework to be able to check back. But the goals that you wrote weren't necessarily, like you said, those outcome-driven things. They were a lot more internal about trusting in the process and, and feeling good about yourself. So when you look back and you see that napkin, what are your thoughts? I don't even think I realized it when I wrote these uh, at the beginning of 2016, but I can say now every single one of them is a goal that has no end date. You know, they're all constantly evolving. And so I can look at all, all of the things that I wrote down and I can say, yes, I took some big steps towards, towards achieving this, but I don't think any of them will ever be fully achieved. You know, they're all just constant works in progress. And I really think that's the, the best kind of goal, you know, the ones that, that can never really be reached. Because I, I don't know, I think that's kind of the part of the problem with goals is that like you set one you reach one and then it's I have to pick something bigger so to set things that are a little bit more like intrinsically driven and that can they can be worked towards for sure but 
there's constant room for uh, development, I think that those are the best kind. Absolutely. And I think that sets you up for, in 2017, having a great springboard to, to go off of and to, you know, be able to launch into something even bigger and better, but with the same roots that you've started to develop. So when you look into 2017, and we're already a month into it, but what are, um, what are your goals for this year? Well, so uh, my intention is to, uh, I mean, to go a little bit long term, my intention is to continue uh, doing this for another four years to make the team for Tokyo in 2020. But you know, this is really the first time that I'm going about this whole process um, as looking at it as a quad. You know, it's a, it's a four-year process to get to the next games. And I know that I can't sustain the level of training that I did in 2016 for the next four years. That's just impossible. So for me, 2017 is really the year of just enjoying myself, you know, because I did. I worked really hard in 2016, and it was great. It was incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, but I was also very tired, um, and I, I had to sacrifice a lot. And so, you know, this year is still, there's still going to be a lot of competition, a lot of racing, a lot of training, but I really just, I want to reconnect to the the fun side of the sport and do more races with friends, travel to some places that I want to go to, and, you know, just make sure through throughout the process that I'm enjoying myself. And then also, you know, giving back to other people now that I do have a little bit more time to play around with. You know, I I started teaching a a class here at Edge Athlete Lounge. I'm in the process of getting a couple coaching certifications. So, you know, just being able to to help other people get in the sport, I think that's only going to fuel my development in the sport even more. What is your favorite part about the sport? Because coming from someone who's not a runner or a swimmer or a cyclist in any way, it's, it, it's hard for me because I do yoga, so it's like what I do. But for you, yeah. where is that joy? I think twofold. Uh, one, you know, I got started in this sport originally through people through friends. Um, you know, I had some friends who are triathletes. They told me I should do one. I said, sure. And, you know, throughout the last six years, you know, I've had a really amazing group of teammates and training partners and mentors that have have made this whole process a lot of fun. And I'm very much a, a people person or a relationship person. And so that's definitely a driving force behind it. But as for the sport itself, I could have chosen anything, right? So why triathlon? I think... The thing about triathlon that I love so much, really just about about any endurance sport, I, I just love that feeling of being in a really, really hard workout or a really hard race and if not thinking that you can give it anything more than what you're giving, you know? Like you are up against your limits of, of, of human potential, right? And then you know, somehow finding it within yourself that you can, can go one gear harder. I just think there's something so cool about that, about, about getting, about being the best possible version of yourself that you can be um, in a workout or in a race. I think that's something that's you know, pretty unique about triathlon because it really forces you to get there a lot. So that's the thing that I love the most. That's amazing. <laughs> so if you could give some advice to either someone starting out in the sport of triathlon or really any sport that pushes your pushes your limits. And I'm sure you have tons of experience of the days that didn't feel so good at the end of the day. I mean, there's tons of the times where you do end on that high, but for days that are the setbacks or the ones that don't feel as 
motivating to go forward? What advice can you give to someone who, who has some kind of fitness goal for the year or for their life and how, how to navigate those ups and downs? Well, um, you know, I think for one thing is, you know, just learning that, you know, one bad workout doesn't define you. And I think it can be so easy to just dwell on, dwell on a bad workout, let it impact the rest of your day. But if you can kind of learn how to just acknowledge this was not a great day, acknowledge what you did well, because surely there's something good in there, <laughs> and acknowledge what you could do better, and just be able to brush it off and and use that energy, you know, just redirect it towards towards being better the next day. And I think, you know, I, I've had a lot of ups and downs throughout my career, and, you know, low, low moments that I, I remember thinking that I would never be able to recover from. But, you know, looking back now, those are those are the moments that I grew the most from. It's those devastating losses where I really questioned if I if I should be doing this. That was so challenging at the time, but you know, in in the days and weeks and months afterwards, you know, I it forced me to grow and it forced me to reevaluate what I was doing and uh, you know become that much better. So you know, it, it's hard in the moment, you know, when you're in the middle of a setback to think that to have the long-term vision to know that it's going to lead to something better. But I think just being able to trust that, you know, every setback, every obstacle is going to make you stronger. Yeah, I think that's just, (laughs) that's all you got to do. So, yeah, I guess just one last question then. Um, The setbacks that you have and and the successes that you have on an Olympic scale can be scaled, and that answer can apply to everything in your life, I'm sure. So um, how do you think that you've grown especially over the last year as you reflect and then how you're continuing to grow in 2017 in every other non-fitness area of your life. The thing that's coming to mind for me right now is um, one of the other big things that I learned this year was how important it is to have an identity outside of my sport, you know, and, and for some people that might be their job or, you know, whatever, whatever fitness hobby that is. I think for a lot of us, it can be easy to let this one big part of our life define us. You know, I had a really scary moment this year when I, I was literally, I was not able to see myself as being anything other than a triathlete. My identity had become so caught up in this, in this one thing that, you know, I, I didn't see myself as being anything else. And so, you know, learning how to just cultivate that identity outside of my sport was really important for me. And it's led me to become a much, uh, a much better person, being able to really reflect on like the type of person that I want to be outside of my sport and taking steps towards becoming more like that person. Well, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you so Thank much you. for sitting down. Yeah, this is great. This podcast was produced by me, Cindy Kuzma. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours.